You Can't Sit With Me, hosted by Deanna Espear. Another disappointing week for the You Can't Sit With Me podcast. I deeply apologize. First of all, number one, this episode is late. Um, it's been a common thing with this podcast nowadays. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me and my work mojo. I, I really feel like I've lost my mojo. It took me a while to edit. I had a couple of problems, which leads to the next problem. The audio fucking sucks. And it's really, really hurt my ego to see that, you know, I thought I was a great producer. I was a great audio producer, a great audio engineer. And I made this one tiny mistake that basically is going to make this episode a fucking pain for you guys to listen to. I'm not going to go into the details and the technicalities of what happened, but I'm really sorry. If you're listening to this episode, please don't put your headphones on too loud. It's really going to hurt your ears. You might want to listen to it in your car or on a speaker. On another note, um, it was a very exciting episode because we got Reality Steve, who is a very famous critique of The Bachelor Bachelorette. I have been told by so many of my listeners, what the fuck are you doing critiquing, talking about reality TV, and you're still not watching The Bachelorette? So I caved in. I'm not going to go into the reasons why I caved in now. You're going to find out later on in the episode. But before we get into this interview, tip of the week. I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. I'm not going to do a tip of the week with Reality Steve because I was actually very self-conscious about asking him for a tip of the week. I don't know that Steve is the kind of person who would be interested in the tip of the week. You know, I was stressing out so much about how to work out this audio and you know what I'm like. I don't delegate. I am such a disgusting boss that whenever I've had assistance, I was just incapable of delegating being sweet and being lovely and being constructive. Fuck that. If no, if if my assistant doesn't come through, I don't want a fucking assistant. And I don't have the patience to train anyone. So there you go. This is what happened. Bit me in the ass. This is a big problem in my podcasting career. We'll get into that in another episode because this is not the right time. My tip of the week is this new organic hair brand that is called Away. I think it's for organic way. So I know a lot of brands say, you know, we are organic, we are all natural, but this brand actually is. And the one thing that I really like about this hair product, first of all, my hair is chemically treated. Everything about my hair is fake. You know, I bleach the fuck out of it. I have tape and extensions. So my hair is basically a lie, which is the common theme of my whole entire existence at this point. But the reason that I'm able to maintain my hair and to keep it looking healthy and smooth and silky is thanks to their rebuilding hair mask. It is such a good hair mask. And basically it reconstructs the structure of the keratin in your hair, which I know a lot of like the Brazilian keratin treatments do, but they're very expensive. They take a lot of time. You have to go to someone who's going to pull the shit out of your hair with you know, a hairdryer and things. This is just a really nice organic mask. And it is the only thing that I have tried that's actually worked without making my hair just greasy and gross with, you know, a bunch of silicone. This is all natural. It's really good. 
And it basically creates a protective layer around the cuticle of the hair and brings all the minerals and all the supply strength that it needs, the softness, the resistance. It's such a good product. All the links are going to be in the description. I took a break from the tip of the week for a couple of weeks because I really felt like the guest that I had on put my tips to shame. Ashley from The Hills, who's a hairstylist, gave some great hair tips. And I just felt like a dumbass giving a tip right after her because she knows what the fuck she's doing. But trust me when I say this actually really works. You have to go to their website. It's kind of a hard product to find. So I will provide all the links in the description. Now that this is out of the way, without further ado, let's get into the episode with Steve, my first ever Bachelorette recap. So many thoughts, so many feelings. I hope you enjoy it. I I don't I don't even understand what's going on here because my listeners are going to be very pleased to know that I am finally doing my first ever bachelorette commentary and obviously i'm not very knowledgeable i haven't watched any of the previous seasons so i'm not 100 percent a pro but for you guys as a, for you guys as entertainment i decided to bring the pro of pros reality steve hello there hey how are you well actually can we not pretend that we haven't done this we've been talking for like 15 minutes so you just want to pick up where we left off <laughs> no i'm just like you know, the beginning of the interview, we're not together right now. We're doing this over Zoom. Yeah. So it's always so awkward. So I always have like a couple of minutes to, I just chat to the person that I'm interviewing. And we actually were having such a good conversation. I was like, we need to have this on the podcast. We need to just start recording now. Yeah, no. So we're, we're into it now. We're good. We're, we're ready to go. Been, I'm ready to go. You're ready to go. I want to know, because you were saying you had some very good, ins- not insights, but very good opinions about Love Island and how you think it's going to do in America. So I wanted you to share with the audience. Yeah, I mean, I've been watching reality TV for over 15 years now. And I've, you know, I heard Love, Love Island was coming to the US and I heard it was a big thing overseas. And US has taken a lot of overseas shows and brought them out here uh, to the US. American Idol was a was a show that was first on overseas before it came to America and blew up. However, mm-hmm. it's 2019 now, and Love Island, the U.S. version, is asking its viewers to tune in five nights a week for a month. I just, I don't see any fucking way that Americans are going to give it that much time commitment. I mean, will a certain few will? Of course, there's going to be a few, but that's such a, that's such a giant ask of a network to do it and there's no other television show especially a reality show that has ever even tried this on five nights a week uh for a whole month like i don't get it i don't get what they're doing i, I there's no way they're going to make it through this whole run yeah and also i think there's a slight chance that they, there will be initial interest because what i have noticed is that americans are very intrigued and have this fascination with uk people and the uk culture so there yeah. might be a bit, you know, it might peak for a couple of days, but I don't actually know if it's going to do as well. And what I was saying to you earlier is that, you know, living in America, I find that U.S. Americans, the main difference that I see with Europeans generally is that you guys really go out of your way to, you know, have fun when you're not at work, to have these little community things like book clubs and so many people have blogs and groups and things and activities that they like to do outside of work, even though it is a very career centric, you know, country. But in Europe, it's not really like that. When I lived in Europe, and I wasn't doing anything, I was just sitting at home watching TV every night. And also the weather sucks. So that doesn't help. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, there's so many other things to do out here. And there's in television wise, there's just so many other options. So 
Yeah. yeah people are going to tune in for the initial, because it's the first time it's airing out here. Yeah. So people are going to tune in, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday. So tonight they're going to tune in and they're going to see, and then maybe they'll follow up tomorrow night. Three weeks in when we're 15 episodes in, I, I think just people are going to be like, okay, we don't need five nights a week of this. There's an aspect of all these weekly reality shows that are so, is so heavily edited and overly edited that I think it might be nice for a change to have something that is daily and therefore less edited and a little bit more raw because I really do feel like there's, there's a format now to all these shows and it's almost expected what's going to happen. Yeah, no, this is going to be different and it's going to be more of a Big Brother style where they're basically turning stuff around and and editing it in about one or two days. So what we're seeing on TV after the live show, the very next night has got to be everything that happened earlier that day. So we're looking at a 24 hour turnaround. So in that aspect, it is different. And yeah, I just, you're asking, you're at, I think the biggest problem outside of the, the amount of days you're asking people to invest is also you're giving them people that no one's ever heard of. If, if this cast doesn't jump off the TV right away on the first night, they're going to lose viewers. And I just don't know if you're going to be able to attract that many viewers by casting a bunch of people that nobody knows. I'm obsessed with having you on this show because you know what? Normally when I have a guest on the show, it's uh, this fucking bitch, I hate her dress, or this fucking bastard, his eyebrows are too plucked or whatever. This is the real deal. This is the real information. I feel like I'm really providing value today. <laughs> You're helping me out, Steve. I mean, I watch reality TV and I'm a fan, but I'm also very much a critic. And I've, I'm a lot more interested in the how and the why things are done as opposed to just what's presented on my TV screen for yeah. a few hours. You every analyze behavior. Night. You analyze behavior. Yeah, I love, to, I love to talk about how people act on the show. I love to find out you know, the behind the scenes stuff the production aspect of it is, is kind of fascinating to me because I deal, you know, the show that I cover, obviously Bachelor and Bachelorette, that is a show that is already done completely filming the whole season before they air their first episode. So it's a completely different format than what we're seeing with something like Love Island or even Big Brother, which is editing shows on the fly. And you're only seeing what you're seeing on TV is only a couple days behind it actually happening. Yeah. So that's interesting to me. And um, what was your first love? Like when you started getting into reality TV, were you into the Hills? Have you watched the Kardashians? Like what are, what are some of your top reality shows besides we know that you love The Bachelor, Bachelorette? Well, I'll make a one quick correct, correction about Bachelor, Bachelorette. I don't love the show. I love what I do and I love spoiling it, but I don't give two shits about the show. I was really big into Laguna Beach and the Hills. Like when that whole craze started, I was in my... I think mid to late 20s when that all came around. So I was very much into Laguna Beach uh, and the Hills. I'm a huge fan of Survivor. Uh, mm -hmm. I was a big American Idol fan up until about season seven or eight. I watched every season after that. But yeah, and I just, and another thing, I know that you're big into the Housewives show. I've never gotten into the Housewives series except for Dallas because mm -hmm. that's where I live. And I was just like, oh, I'll watch it just because I want to see the places they go and if I've been there and yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a little more familiar to me, but I've never watched one episode of New Jersey, New York, OC, Beverly yeah. Hills. I only watch shows that are either millennials like myself, you know, like Summer House, Vanderpump Rules, people trying to make their careers happen for themselves or the OC housewives or the Beverly Hills housewives because moving to LA, I was like, what the fuck is this place? Who are these psychos? And I was like, I need to really dive into the culture and understand 
why or how these psychos behave the way they do. And so that's how I started watching. And now I really feel like I've become one of those psychos too. So whatever, this, this has been great and constructive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bachelorette, the latest episode. This is my first season watching. So here I am. I see this girl. She's goofy as fuck. I'm like, why would people choose her as the Bachelorette? I didn't understand it first. What was your initial thought? You know, as someone who has watched the show, I was like, who the fuck is this chick? And um, what, were, what, yeah. were what were your initial thoughts when you saw her found out she was a bachelorette, Hannah Brown? Well, one thing you got to know about this show is they always choose someone from the previous season for the most part. They like recycling people because you're invested into their story. Hannah was on the previous season of The Bachelor. She finished fifth. She was likable. Um, people were invested in her love journey and then she got dumped. I was fine with her as the bachelorette. I didn't, I wasn't against it. And I wasn't for me because this show is my job. I don't necessarily care who they cast as the lead person. Yeah. Just as long as there is a show, because then as there's a show that I'm still employed. So that's <laughs> the way I look at it. I, I don't care who gets the job as long as there is a, there is a season, which is, been going on for 38 seasons and 17 years now. So I don't think it's going away anytime soon, but Crazy. I'm fine with Hannah. I think she's been, um, she's good. She's definitely goofy. She's yeah. definitely quirky. She's definitely made some mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you look back, I mean, having seen every season that I have and whatever, when you look at it in as a whole and compared to other seasons, she's definitely had some things this season that we've just never seen before. Um, just conversations that she's had with the guys. She's a lot more candid. Yeah. The previous Bachelorette, she doesn't just say the lines that you feel that she's just saying to say. She seems to be, you know, shoot from the hip and say exactly what she feels. And in that aspect, it's a little bit refreshing. Yeah. On the other hand, she keeps making things harder on herself because she keeps keeping around the guy that nobody else likes. Yeah. And Luke, so that doesn't help her cause. So. Well, you know, I there is an authenticity to her that I saw straight away that is refreshing from a lot of the reality stars that I've seen, you know, but as, you know, as I've heard people speak about the show, I kind of expected the bachelorette to be this super poised, like not that she's not gorgeous. She is absolutely gorgeous, but you know, that very like tall model. Like I didn't expect the kind of more girl next door. She is a beauty queen, but she's very, her, her attitude and her energy is very girl next door. And that is something I didn't expect yeah. going into the show. They kind of go for that girl next door look i mean it's just it's kind of always what they what they've aimed for because it just comes across as oh okay i can see my i think what they're aiming for is when they have women watching the show because let's face it that's the majority of their audience they want women to look at a, at their lead and say i could see myself being friends with her and if you cast a model who's drop dead gorgeous whose friends are all drop dead gorgeous that's that's not a majority of their audience that's watching the show so 100 percent kind of what they aim for and so going into the season, so right now we've just watched the episode of her going into the four final guys' family homes. Yeah. What do you think about, so I, I, I heard there was a whole thing about Jed and his ex-girlfriend. You had her on the podcast. I know, I yeah. sort of know what you think about all of them, but just for the listeners, <laughs> what were you, <laughs> what do you think about all the four of them? I know you don't really like Luke. Personally, I really dislike Jed, but that's my personal opinion because I don't like a thirsty artist who's just trying to be on TV, no matter how much he says he's not here for that. I don't care. And also his family made it very clear that music was number one, which I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I, what are your thoughts on the four of them so far? 
Well, Tyler is probably America's favorite at this point. I hate Everyone him. seems to like him because he's definitely, I mean, he is a model. I mean, it's his job. Peter the pilot is very well received by a lot of people. I'm fine with both of them. Obviously, the Jed stuff is kind of, you know, there's so much happening behind the scenes of the show that the show isn't covering because they can't. Can because you a lot us? of the stuff that's happened has all happened after filming has ended. So that has turned everyone in America basically against Jed that follows spoilers and is reading what's going on. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he's a good guy at all. What's and the, then, what's the know, short version for Jed, like of the stuff that's happening with him? Like The, the, the short version is. is he went on the show with a girl that I'm sure he's not going to claim when he finally can speak about it was his girlfriend. But if you're texting somebody as you're heading to the airport to leave for L.A. to go film the show that you love her and to wait for her and he'll be back. And he told her and he was with her and having sex with her the night before he left. I mean, it's like, okay, you can, you can say all you want. You can put a label on it all you want. And well, we weren't officially together and we weren't exclusive. That doesn't change the fact that you basically were lying to Hannah the whole time you were there, making it seem like you were available when you told a woman right before you left, I'll be back in six weeks. Wait yeah. for me. And, you know, if you did fall for Hannah, which I'm sure he developed some strong feelings for, it's almost, it's almost hard not to when you're in that environment and you're out there doing it. But, you know, for you not to say that anything to Hannah until after the show was done filming, it's just like, you're a liar. And um, that's, yeah. he basically got caught. He, he basically got caught with that. And um, once this girlfriend went to the press and started doing interviews and providing receipts of, look at what this guy was sending me, look at what he was texting me right before he left, look at the card that he wrote me right before he left, it goes a little bit more than, oh, this was just some girl he was hooking up with before he left, you know? And so, yeah, it doesn't look good. And then for Luke, Luke is uh, a guy that probably should have never went on the show in the first place. Very gullible, very naive, and has just not done well for himself this season. Are you joking? So I, Luke isn't the one that bugs me the most in this situation. You're one um, of the few then, because America yeah. seems to hate him. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I know America, but this is the thing. I have the UK perspective on this whole situation, and Jed is the red flag for me, the clear red flag. But, 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 but this is the thing. I never wanted to watch this show in the first place. Everyone told me you have to watch it. You have to review it, review it on the podcast. And the reason why I, was, I really did not want to do that is because I'm 30 in LA and I'm single and I'm, you know, kind of trying to land a guy myself at this point, <laughs> um, you know, and things are not going very well for me. And I was like, I don't want to overthink my dating life by watching this overly edited version of what dating should be. But then I started yeah. watching and I was like, oh, fuck. Like I've learned something about myself, which sounds so corny, um, watching this show you know, I'm the girl who obviously, and I'm sure every girl is, we would typically, at, at a first meeting, gravitate towards someone like Luke P, you know, very handsome, strong, polite, like super cute, like religious, whatever. Not that I like a religious bitch, not at all, but whatever, besides the point. So many red flags, like I love you too soon, la-di-da. But this is the guy that I generally would you know, pursue, well, I don't pursue guys, fuck that, but I, I would expect to pursue me. And watching the show, I was like, okay, Luke is a red flag and clearly not a good suitor, but Jed is the real red flag because he is the charming, the sweet, the emotional, the, well, I was, I was a fuck boy before, but now I love you. And that's 
to me is the biggest red flag. It's someone who has had the fuckboy tendencies and tries to say they're behind me. But once a fuckboy, always a fuckboy. Once a, a music hall, always a fucking music hall. Do you know what I mean? Like this is this yeah. music. Music is number one for him. And I realized watching this show, I was like, I really should be going to the Peters of the world. And then finally in my life, I've kind of decided to get involved with a Peter. It's been sweet. So that's where you're at right now? You're involved with a Peter? I'm involved with a Peter. <laughs> um, you know, no drama, calm, you know, not bitchy, does the right things, calming energy, still very attractive. How long, how long into this relationship are you right now? No, it's not a relationship situation. It's not a dating situation. It's just I met this guy, you know, very sweet, very polite. And usually I just self-sabotage in this situation. And I just decide to go for the scandalous, the scandalous bitches. And then I was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to embrace the nice. I'm going to embrace the good. And I'm going to stop self-sabotaging. So I think The Bachelorette has really helped me to stop self-sabotaging when it comes to picking the right men. So the show is actually helping your dating life. That's crazy. I never I thought think... anybody would say that about the show. Plus you're in LA. So you're meeting LA guys, which is a completely different animal as well. Well, I'm meeting the Jets. That's why I fucking hate him. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think about like, so what, so you said Tyler and, and Peter for you are the, are the top two. I mean, they're the top two most liked of the four that are left, for sure, by America. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say you ask any average fan of this show and they'll be like, oh, I'm like, I really like Tyler and I really like Peter. Because the Jed stuff is out there and then Luke has just gotten a horrible, Luke's just the edit he's gotten all season and what we've seen of him has just been so negative. He came through when it came to like meeting his family and going to his hometown. Yeah, no, he had a good hometown, but everything up of everything leading up to it was a disaster. Uh, but his hometown went well. Luke, uh, Jed was the one that had a horrible hometown because his family just basically didn't, you know, didn't have the not, not the nicest things to say about him. But they were like, "Yeah, we don't think he's ready to get engaged." And the sister was like, "The sister was a uh, huge bitch." I will say that. I mean, the, I liked the fact that they were authentic about their concerns because it is a concerning situation, you know, a girl dating a bunch of guys at the same time. But they could have been nicer and more welcoming about it. And I think that, you know, when you see that and you see someone growing up around that, it's kind of a red flag as well, to be honest. So you actually know who The Bachelor is. The Bachelor, yeah, who the, no, who the Bachelorette winner is. Uh, yes. Have you put it do we, out there? Do we want to talk about that? Are we doing spoilers on this show? Okay, I don't give a fuck. This show is so unfiltered. I don't give a shit if I ruin this show for you guys, to be honest. Let's okay. ruin the show. Let's ruin the fucking show. Okay. It filmed, the, the, the final rose ceremony filmed in Greece Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of May. I think the, May 9th or 10th was the last day of filming. <clears throat> and the final two was Tyler and Jed. And she got engaged to Jed. And however, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, so much going on behind the scenes this season, uh, Jed is not, she has ended the engagement with Jed and they are no longer together because of all the stuff that came out about um, the ex. And obviously Hannah believes it to be true, feels that she was lied to and decided to call it off. So she is, so when we see the finale, it's going to be an interesting finale because I'm sure Jed, who hasn't been able to speak to the media 
or address anything that's been said about him. Won't be able to until the finale. I'm sure he's going to get up there and say he's disappointed and try and tell his side, although I don't know what side he could tell considering it's all out the, there. The, 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 the ex-girlfriend provided receipts. We, we saw what she wrote, what he wrote her. So yeah, it'll yeah. be interesting. To say do we, but do yeah, we they're no if, longer together. Do we know if Hannah kind of went back to other ones of the, of the boys, like maybe Peter or maybe Tyler, do we know, or we don't know? She, I mean, I can, I can report that she hasn't, but that's not to say that she won't. Because because the show is so structured and they just don't let you kind of fly off the handle and do your own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's going to be any sort of reconciliation between Hannah and Tyler, it would happen at the after the final rose. Um, obviously, Tyler is aware of Hannah's relationship status by now. I'm sure he's read the Internet. He knows. Right. Um, so but if Hannah wants to get in contact with him or kind of feel it out or you know, go for one last roll in the hay with him. Is that an English term? Roll in the hay? Is that what they call it? I don't oh, know. Oh, I, I don't, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making shit up now. Um, I love it. Uh, if she wants that, she won't be able to do that until the After the Final Rose live show, which happens the night of the finale. Based on what we've been shown, like obviously we're only watching – two hours of an edited show every week. I don't know enough about these guys in their personal lives, but none of them strike me as ready to get married. Some of it might have to do with age. Some of it might have to do with the fact that from what I've seen, they just don't seem to be at a point in their life where they're ready to get married. They might say they are, but I also take into consideration, they all know they're being televised and they're on a TV show. And And it's always hard for me to believe anything these guys are saying, because I feel like they're saying it because they think that's what America wants to hear. And they're well, trying also, to put out this. Front. You're presented with a hot, shiny new girl. You're not going to be like, fuck you. I don't want to marry you. Well, that too. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, that's why it's just, it's just so hard to take this show seriously because now that it's been on for 17 years and 38 seasons, and it's very, very popular in the pop culture world. A lot of these people go on just because they know they want to end up on going on Barrett's in paradise they want to start promoting stuff on Instagram and be an influencer. And it's just, it, it's hard to take. I don't think anybody goes on the show looking to find a future husband or a future wife. They're going on to build their brand, which, Hey, all the power to you. I'm building my brand. I've built my brand as reality Steve from 2011. I mean, that's what I do. I haven't gone on a reality show to do it. I've done it through hard work and writing a blog and being consistent with it and, yeah. and starting a podcast and doing as well as I can on that. Um, but I don't fault them for, for going on it. Just don't, just be honest about it. Just don't bullshit me and try and tell me that. See, I also think the girls go on the show, the girls go on The Bachelor for a different reason than the guys go on The Bachelorette. I think girls go on The Bachelor because, yes, they do know that there's influencing money out there, and probably a lot of them do. But I also think the women take the show a little bit more seriously. As where the men, I know for a fact that most of these guys go on thinking, well, I don't care if I win. I'm now going to be viewed by 5 million women that have never seen me before. And basically I can pick and choose of who, where, and you know, wherever I go, I know I'm going to have an X amount of women that want to fuck me. So that's what they, that's what they do it for. Yeah. Females are definitely more prone to, you know, wanting to settle down in a relationship where guys, whereas guys, if they have, these guys are just, yeah, these guys are just putting themselves out there and know that, Okay, if I don't get picked, big deal. I can go on Paradise and hook up with girls from other seasons, or 
I have so many more women out there that know who I am now and will follow me on Instagram and will slide in my DMs. And I mean, I can't begin to tell you some of the stories that I've witnessed for myself. I've seen for myself in my own Give me the worst one. Give me the worst one. Okay. Uh, This was a while back. This was probably eight or nine years ago. I was out with three guys that were on a season of The Bachelorette. And it was the three guys and me. And the four of us were talking at a bar. And two women come up to our group. And they went up to the guys and they said, hey, aren't you so-and-so from The Bachelorette? And they're like, yeah. And these women were vest, dressed, like I said, very provocatively. Their skirts couldn't have been any more than an inch below their crotch. Mm-hmm. And um, they were obviously had been drinking. And they say to both of these guys, they were like, oh, my God, we're such big fans. We were wondering, me and my friend were wondering if we could fuck you guys in the bathroom right now. <laughs> like they said Zero it like shame. that or they insinuated. Oh, no, no. They said it like that. Zero shame. And they only did it because they knew that they were from the two guys from The Bachelor that they found attractive and they had no shame. And the funny thing was, those two guys were already working on two other girls in the bar. So they actually rejected those two and didn't take them up on it. But um, yeah, just seeing it for my, you know, just seeing that women will throw themselves at guys just because they are on The Bachelor and they made a name for themselves. And yeah, they have no shame. And there's... Tons of stories like that where it's basically like kind of shooting fish in a barrel for these guys. It's, it's much easier to land women once you've been on the show because being on the show is almost like a video dating profile on a, on, a, on a dating website. You're basically just putting it out there and now women can see how you talk, how you act, how you dress, and they just kind of run with it. That's very interesting. You know what I was thinking? Women really are to see bitches nowadays. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's 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 very interesting to say the least. I'm just a naive bitch who thinks everyone wants to go on there to pr- to promote their business, which is partly true. Um, but I think that the show also, I mean, it's helped me with my current dating situation. But it also highlights some big issues. You know, you compared it to a dating app. What I realized this, especially this episode, looking at Hannah not knowing whether to pick Luke or Jed really says a lot about the dating world nowadays as a whole, because before, you know, I'm sure before the dating app era and all of that stuff, it was very much its own thing. The bachelor, the bachelorette was exceptional in that way. You can pick and choose from a pool of men and a pool of women. And it's very unique in that sense. But now this is the reality of everyone's life because we can pick and choose on a dating app. and. What I think it highlights this episode is that if you date many people at the same time, you will never find your soulmate because you'll see stuff in one guy that you don't see in the other guy. And then they all kind of complete each other. And the four guys make for the perfect one and only guy. So she's unable to choose now. Whereas if you give someone one person a real chance and you work through the issues and you work through the cracks, that's how you can actually build a relationship. So I think the whole format of the show is just a recipe for the disaster and they're just setting themselves up for failure. And, and if you're in that leads position, if you're in Hannah's position, you have to question everything because you know there are guys going on there that are just people like Jed that are out to increase their, improve their brand and get their name out there. And, you know, so people will download their sh- crappy songs another 500 times or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
you always have to be on guard. It's tough to, it's tough. Like I've said, I find it hard to believe anything that anyone says on the show. And I'm guessing if you're the lead, you're always questioning it because you just don't know who's really there and as into you. I did learn stuff from it. I think it's great. It just is just all fake. So, you know, my main show that I cover here is Stand Up On Tools. There's a group of friends who are friends years and years before the show came along. So why is The Bachelor so popular? It's the gold standard of dating shows. People just like the drama. They like the cattiness. They like the travel, the exotic dates. They kind of look at it and they, and they it, you know, what I've always said, and I've said this in a lot of interviews and I'll say it again, this is like porn for women. This is, this is what it is because it's like this romanticizing, like, hey, um, a guy is going to take you on a helicopter ride on your first date. And these women that watch the show and are obsessed with it are probably in shitty relationships themselves or even a shitty marriage where none of this shit is happening to them in their everyday life. And they're just kind of, it's, it's fantasy to them. So that's why I say it's like porn for them. This is like fantasy porn for them without the actual porn aspect to it. They're doing something right. And I think it just has a lot to do with people like to live vicariously through these people. They love the dates. They love the cattiness and the fighting. And I don't want to call it fantasy. I want to call it standards. Okay, guys out there, take me on a fucking exotic date. Thank you. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to call it fantasy. Guys, if you think you, that, yeah. Do you want an exotic date on your first date? Because then it's I, all downhill from there. Because then every date after that, you'll be like, well, fuck, we went on a helicopter ride on our first date. Now you're taking me to fucking Olive Garden? Sorry, that's where I, that's where I would take you. So, um, um, I think not people just, date, they love the travel. Not on a first date, but it's like, you know, it's like a little Pinterest board of like the occasional little thing that you should do for your significant other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, stop making me your fucked up bullshit bowl of pasta in front of Netflix and do Netflix and chill. Think outside the box, my friend. This is this is <laughs> what I mean by standard. You know what? I am done with these motherfuckers in LA trying to Netflix and chill. I can do this without you. I can do this with my dog, who, by the way, has way better hair than you because at my age, everyone's getting bold. So I, you know what? You're not adding anything. You're not bringing anything to the table here. I don't want to Netflix and chill with you and have gross food. Thank you. Like, I'm over it. So, you know what? If this can be a little bit of inspiration to the guys out there to maybe put a little bit more thought into their dates, I think this, you know, I think this is good. I think this is good. It's called standards, okay? Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Fuck you and your Netflix and chill sessions. Anyway, uh, besides the point, you ruin the show for everybody. Okay, that's what people say Mm -hmm. about you, which is great because people still go on your website and they still want to read your website. The first thing that I was told when I said I'm going to watch The Bachelorette is, oh, you do you want to know who The Bachelorette, the the, the winner of The Bachelorette is? You need to go on Reality Steve. Why do you think people go to your website and read and want to spoil the show for themselves, especially such a successful show? I think it has to do with the fact that the end result of the show is ultimately, for the most part, a failed engagement. And I think it doesn't matter that you know the winner and it really helps them to understand and it helps you. Like my website basically is almost like a Bachelor for Dummies or Mm -hmm. a Cliff Notes version of the show to where it helps you watch the show better if you know what's going to happen. 
And I think people look at it and are like, okay, I know this person is going home in this episode, but it'd be interesting to see how they're shown in the episodes before they leave. And it's just a, I, my spoilers just give people a different way to watch the show. And I think it actually adds to it and people wouldn't watch it the way they do without the spoilers. And I give people stuff to look for, like, cause it's heavily edited and I'm very well aware of their editing tricks that they pull and how they'll make somebody, it looks like somebody's saying something when actually they're really not, or they're, or all they're doing is answering a question that was asked to them off camera, but you're only hearing their answer. So they can ed- so editors can make it sound like they're answering something completely different, but the way it's shown on the program, they're answering something that may make them look like an asshole. Um, it's just, there's so many different editing tricks that they've pulled throughout the years. And I just give people a better way to, I, I think it, I educate people about how kind of how what's really going reality. down. Yeah, yeah, how to watch, yeah. you go into the nitty gritty of it and you teach people how to yeah. understand it rather than, blindly stupidly watch and believe you don't care for reality tv all that much so i want to know how you kind of got to the place where you are now because as i'm watching the bachelorette you are number one trending on google which hello congratulations what the fuck i don't even know what to say to that how does someone like you don't strike me as the 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 reality the typical reality tv audience the typical reality tv fan so i kind of want to know how you got there it really has to do with the spoilers because I was writing a recap for every Bachelor and Bachelorette episode from 2003 why? Why? to 2009. Um, I was doing it for fun and I was doing it in hopes that maybe someday somebody that ran a website or anything would look at my writing and say, hey, I really like what you do. Could you do some freelance stuff for us? So it's I never really pitched myself. I never really sold it. And then in 2009, I got my first spoiler for this show. And then ever since then, it kind of took off because once I got a spoiler and ended up being right, I sort of became this like, hey, we need to go to him since he knows how it's going to end. Let's go to him and he'll tell us how it, and it just kind of took off from there. I never expected it. The spoilers and the information I get now is what people are interested in. The tea, so to speak. That's the, the big, the, the new buzzword is the tea that I can provide and the yeah, spilling the tea of the tea. Spill. Yeah, yeah. So you obviously get tips sent from people. You have like reliable sources of people that send you tips. Yeah. How do you, and I've read articles about this, about you before, before this interview. How do you get away with basically ruining the show? I know there's been lawsuits. I know there's been things, but how do you actually keep doing what you're doing? And they're just completely okay with it. Ultimately, they realize there's nothing they can do because I'm not breaking any rules. This isn't like government secrets that I'm spilling, you know, I'm spoiling a fucking stupid reality show. Like (laughs) ultimately in the grand scheme of things, what I do isn't really hurting them. It's actually helping them. And I think they realize that now, I think it took a while for them to realize and they tried to keep so many things under wraps. But when you tape your show in advance, stuff's going to get out. It's just, and it just so happens that it gets out to me every season. They're never going to openly spoil their own show and give away the winner. But I just think they've come to accept it that I'm going to do what I do and there's nothing they can do to stop me. They just don't acknowledge me and they don't draw people to me. Steve, thank you so much for being on the show. I know this is more of a surface interview because I'm not the most knowledgeable person, but you've been amazing. And you've definitely made me want to watch the show more and critique more because they deserve it. And some of them really suck. I'm glad. Look <laughs> at that. Look at, I'm turning, I'm giving, see, look what I did. I'm giving ABC more viewers just by doing this interview. I know. If this doesn't prove to them that you are doing them a favor, I don't know what the fuck they want. Because you know what? Yeah, exactly. 
and maybe it's successful, but it's fake as fuck. Can you let everyone know where they can find you, your website, your podcast, your social media, all of the plugs? Yeah, um, everything is Reality Steve. Twitter is at Reality Steve. Instagram, which I'm not a big Instagram person, but um, you can follow me there on Reality Steve. My website, realitysteve.com, and then you go to Apple Podcasts, the Reality Steve Podcast. It's all there. I think that a lot of people who listen, do what I do, do journalism, do digital content, and I think we could all take a page from the Reality Steve book and how you do things. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on. You're the first person that's ever interviewed me that has been English. So it's cool. I like the English accent. Very cool. Woo-hoo.